cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Five Sharp Final. Jason Jones of Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is right over there. Hey, Joe. When you said five stripe final, I just got the tingles. We're oh, back. It's been a second. It's been a second. It's been almost a uh, almost a month there, and uh, unfortunately for us, there's absolutely nothing to talk about. Nothing. Yeah, to yeah. It's gonna be a really short one. Um, no, no, not no, at all. Buckle up, <laughs> buckle up, y'all. No, uh, it's um, <laughs> there are things to uh, discuss for sure, for sure. Uh, least importantly, the thing we're gonna lead with, which is a little bit of. Uh, what the the folks at like the shutdown full full cast would call podcast business. I guess this is H dad business, uh, but we got some H dad business to throw your way. And uh, then we're going to tease a little bit of some, some personal news and we're not going to tell you what that is because because, uh, we're just very excited about it, but we're not going to tell you yet because it could be a disaster. We'll see. We'll see. But first the, uh, the H dad business, let's go. Um, Yeah. So Anyone who's, if you guys have been with us, uh, especially after games, we usually like do our podcast. We just record it live. Uh, we record it in the stadium and post it on YouTube, and we do like a live YouTube. Um, we're not going to do that anymore. Or, well, we're going we're gonna to still do it. It's just going to be a little different. What we're going to do from now on is probably do like a live stream as we're walking back to our cars, um, and then we'll just record the podcast later. Does that sound good? Because it, here's why. Here, l- let me give you the reasons why we decided to do this. One, I feel like we do a better podcast anyway when we do it after, like on like a Sunday night. Um, you know, when the game's been on like a Saturday or something. Um, better is, of course, a relative term. I, when we started this, I always thought that it would be better to do it immediately after and have like the fire takes from like immediately having seen the game. But I actually think that there's like better, more interesting takes when there's been a you know, uh, a low and slow simmer on it after seeing it. So yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you agree with that, but no, I agree. I think we do a lot better when we're not just completely drained and full yeah. of Carvel ice cream and the audio and also bro. sounds better when also, we're doing it like this. Yep. That's very true. And, uh, and also, you know, and we have a second for Joe to just pump himself for four locos. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the energy you feel coming off Joe right now. Lastly, and probably honestly, the biggest reason we're not going to be doing it the way we did it is because when we, when we, stay, when we stay for an hour after we've already written our match reports and done all that stuff, I, I, another hour after that, we're literally the last ones in the stadium that aren't like custodial employees cleaning that are cleaning the stadium. The team staff has all left. Doug Roberson has left. God bless him. Everybody, mm-hmm. every media person has left. Every team staffer has left. Every person who's hosting uh you, you know a, a, a storytelling exhibit on on the pitch after the game uh they've all left there's nobody left except for like i said people cleaning so yeah it's really nice we we had see what happened was we had some scheduling issues these last couple of weeks where we weren't able to do it anyway and so it gave us an excuse to leave early and boy did it feel good ah so good that's so good i got home like looked around i didn't know what to do with myself i got home so quickly and early it's fascinating. Uh, there was one game. Which one was it? I think the Chicago game. Left in the daylight. Oh, that was wild. Yeah, you were with me, right? Because I remember yeah, talking. Yeah, I, I, I okay, I couldn't remember who I was walking out with, but I remember, yeah, just like 
acknowledging and be like, wow, I don't know if this has ever happened. Mm-hmm. Well, you, so, we, we anyway. will implement that soon. Uh, I will not be at the game against Montreal because poverty is real. Uh, and then Joe's going to miss another thing for not a wedding. He's the, he's joining a crime family or something. Different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, that, that, that sums well, I mean, it up. But yeah, we're, the next two games will be split up again. I'll still do a walk and talk from the, from the YouTube and I can, Sam, I can just give you the password if you want to do that just by yourself Yeah, after totally. the rebels game. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. I got, I gotta, I gotta keep getting my brand out there. That's uh, right. Cause, Cause not only do we have H dad business, H dad business, clap, 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 clap. This is the H dad clap, clap. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, I got some personal news, Joe Patrick. Sam's got a column. Oh, Sam's, I don't, I don't ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. We're not there yet. We're not there. Okay. Yet. I'm not going to say anything. Was that too much? Was that was what I said too uh, much? I didn't. Well, I mean, the, the column could be anywhere. Um, I will say that it is, it is a regular thing that I'm supposed to be doing for a website you have definitely heard of, if not potentially mistyped a couple times. Um, that is not DSS, and that is that is all I'll say for now because it very well could be Firefest. And it could be a disaster. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see. They they want me to uh, to make jokes and stuff. I cannot. Um, I cannot wait for this. There's a there's I, a lot of pressure that comes with uh, trying to be funny in in a realm where uh, the, the people who are very online um, have some toxic masculinity issues, <laughs> and uh, on top of that, you throw in a Napoleon complex where you, they think that anything making fun of them is from a not from a place of love, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. one of the things that like other people at like SB Nation have done so well is make fun of things like college football, which is in itself a very self serious and self righteous sport at times. But it, it's been around for forever. They have allegiances to the teams. You know, it's coming from a place of love, um, and it's coming it's coming from that from me as well. But I think it's harder for people to reckon with it. Uh, because MLS has been uh, pooped on uh, so much, right, right, past, right, and so yeah. anytime you do it, you get people on the uh, the message boards and the twitters being kind of. Uh, whew, but that's also what makes it great. That's also oh, what makes it, it great. Like up I, the entertainment value a little bit, yeah. If yeah, you know well, I mean, for. I'm just talking about like when you write a column that's like that when you've done them for Dirty South Soccer, like. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. What you write is brilliant and I enjoy it immensely, but I also love reading the comments afterwards. <laughs> you and me both, even if it does lead to, to crippling anxiety <laughs> at times. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking a new approach though. I'm killing, I'm killing everyone with kindness instead of telling them how much yeah. their, their car turns off of I-85. And the only person we won't kill with kindness is MLS buzz. That guy can buzz off. Yeah, he can't buzz off. Check his search history. You'll know why. And that's his post history, Reddit history, whatever. Um, yeah. Guy's a loser. Uh, or DM him if you just want to be called a cuck for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Um, should we, uh, we get into the game? How do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about the game first and then talk about just other news that's been happening? Or Yeah, let's we... get into the game. And let's organize our podcast right now while we're, while we're recording. <laughs> Hey, this isn't Mott's. We have the ability to uh, be a little, little looser here, um, yeah. because less people listen. Um, 
let's uh let's talk about the the actual game which was a complete and total disaster and then let's talk about okay. the complete and total disaster before oh the game um <laughs> that somehow correlates to the rest of the complete and total disasters um that surround the team that technically with two wins would be in first place in the eastern conference but it still somewhat feels like the sky is falling yeah what is it about this when this team when it goes wrong it goes wrong so bad it's extremely sour it's amazing um it is definitely continually the most entertaining team in the league i think i I think a part of that has to do with how many eyes are on them you know it's, it's it's the most follow team it's the most uh online fan base by far from a Twitter mm-hmm. perspective, from a, from a Reddit perspective, any kind of social media. Um, so when things do go dumb for a player who, you know, in all reality has never been more than um, a, a, a sub slash USL player. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's amplified way more than it would be for like Colorado. Right. 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 So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the crux of it all behind it. Um, but besides just the off field stuff, um, Frank DeBoer remains cursed. He is yet to carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain and, and let her drink from the stream. Um, and uh, yeah, everything that can go wrong for Frank DeBoer uh, will continue to go wrong uh, ever since he, he pissed off that, uh, that, uh, that voodoo woman. Yeah, Back in 2014, whenever Ajax lost the uh, Ajax lost the league by like a point on the last uh, day. I have no idea what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the curse is definitely real. I mean, you see, you can see it in the injuries. I mean, for 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 goodness sake, you have Tito Villalba and Ezekiel Barco have the same knee injury apparently, which is no good for Atlanta United. No, Joseph is gone. What I felt like with this Toronto game was just that, like, when you're missing. Tito and Joseph and Barco. And I know Barco isn't, we don't think of him as like a straight line speed player, but he still runs with the ball quite rapidly. And when you're missing those players, you just kind of lose all of the, the dynamism and electricity that made Atlanta United what it is kind of, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of been a general sentiment with Frank DeBoer. His entire tenure has kind of, you know, taken that away, the kind of that, that identity away a little bit, but it just was so evident in this game. It just felt, even though the game was very open, it was, it still felt like we weren't able to exploit spaces as well as maybe like we have in the past. And I know this kind of all is it's going to, this conversation is going to end up kind of centering around pity because yeah. um, he's, I mean, he's the best player on the team. Um, yeah. He's the certainly, you know, of the, players that were on the field in that, in the game against Toronto, he's the highest paid. He was obviously the most expensive. And so I yeah. think he does need to like, kind of, you know, it, it, it's on him to kind of take some of the responsibility on in terms of his own performance, the team's performance. Uh, Cause you know, it's the, it's these kinds of opportunity, these kinds of moments where you need those types of players to kind of carry the team when everyone else is gone. And he just didn't really seem to be able to do that. In my opinion, some people disagree. Yeah, no, it was the, um, it was the second time he was juxtaposed next to Alejandro Pizuelo. And yeah. the first time he, he uh, maybe a stalemate, but Pizuelo was pretty much shut down um, for the most part. This time, the, the, the difference between the two and their trajectory so far this season was very, 
very apparent uh, it, right down to the very final minute where, you know, Pizuelo steps up and, and very calmly, very casually uh, converts the penalty. Mm-hmm. And then Petey overhits it, leans back too much and, and messes up his attempt. Um, yeah, that was kind I, of like the perfect illustration of it, even if it's not yeah, like totally. exactly what it, it is, just a representation kind of of those two players and how things have gone for them recently. But like this first year in MLS. Exactly. And that, that's not to make a grander statement about the trajectory of the two of them overall. Yeah. But, but it does say volumes, I think, about what the perceptions of them are right now around the league and pretty much their effectiveness. I think I think it's warranted because Waylo has definitely been a better player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's I don't there's no real argument on that front. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's tough. It makes me think like I mean, here's the thing with my thing with Pitty is that. I don't think he's like a worse player than he was when he won the South American player of the year or whatever. You know, I still think he's a prodigious talent um, that can do very special things and he can do those things in Atlanta. But I just think that he seems like the kind of player that you kind of need to build a team around or he has to have the right pieces around him for in order for his skills to be maximized in their effect and for him to be as effective as possible. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I feel probably. like with, with Miguel, Miguel is a different, like kind of on the other end of that, where it's like he, his physical abilities are so impressive that he can kind of use, he can kind of show that in any sort of team really. Yeah. In fact, he might even be able to show it kind of in a team that does more counterattacking, more transition play um, than a team that's going to have a ton of possession, you know, because that's kind of his, yeah. you know, the weaker part of his game was, you know, first touch and control and tight spaces and that kind of thing. So I just think that, you know, I think that when this team is, when everybody's available, I think that Pitti is still like, we've seen him get better um, through, you know, during that month of May when there was a ton of matches, I think we saw improvement there from him. Uh, and it really seemed like he was starting to get a bit of a connection with Julian because uh, Frank had moved Julian into like a central midfield role or like a center attacking midfield role, allowed Julian to do a little more of the pressing. And then, and also with Franco Escobar kind of overlapping him on that right side, I think that, you know, he was starting to grow into that role. But yeah, not, not all those players were available from this game. I think, you know, speaking of Franco Escobar, his, his absence may have been one of the biggest. Um, yeah, you just didn't really have that, that what he brings to the game is kind of indescribable, but very important for this team. So yeah, I don't know. It's a it's overall it's a tough loss. You make I feel a great like I've been point. talking forever now. You make you make a great point um, about Miguel's ability to drag a team to where they need to be, and I, I think you're exactly right. I think Petey can't necessarily do that, but he can amplify a team to yeah. a level where they made they obviously wouldn't have reached without him. Um, and right now, the pieces just aren't in place for him to successfully do that. And I, I think it kind of comes down to this idea that I've it doesn't come down to it necessarily, but it is something I've noticed. And I, I want to pose this to you because I've got I've gotten some stick for it on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, is PT slow? Is he like really slow? Like slower than we thought? Yeah, a lot slower. I mean, I never, I never thought he was a burner or anything. Right. Yeah, it does seem like it does seem like when he's one on one. I was actually talking to Doug Roberson about this day when we were at training. It seems like so often I see Pitti, he'll get, he'll be in a one on one situation on the wing or something. He will beat the fullback, but then it doesn't even matter that he beat the fullback because the fullback is just kind of able to recover very quickly. 
And then it's, he's just back right in the same spot he was, you know, or he's being like kind of pressured into a corner or something like, like it just doesn't seem like he has like a little short burst, but then he can't kind of keep that pace up over a long stretch of distance. Yeah, no, that's exactly. It. And it's not the crux of his game. It's not what right, we right. need him to be. We don't need him to be a burner down the wing or anything like that. But I think it limits his creativity. I think it limits yeah. the space he has to, to play those incredible through balls that he's able to do and the, the cross is able to do. Um, yeah. it also, it also keeps him from getting into positions where the shots make sense. Um, Teodal football, uh, bless him was, was talking about the average XG on the shots for PT Martinez. And right now it's like, it's like below 0. 0.06. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> average XG. Right. And he said that, um, only one MLS player has ever scored more than four goals with an average XG below where PD's at right now. And that player um, clearly does not matter because they are not important. Yeah. Um, Just some- yeah, th- that's, that's what's kind of frustrating right now is that we do have the idea that right now he may need the, uh, someone called it the Josh Smith shot caller, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned a shot caller, and someone's like, "Oh, the one we use for Josh Smith." I'm like, "Oh, you're exactly right." <laughs> oh, so I, next time Petey tries to haul off from 35 yards, I just need everyone to scream "No" yeah. at the top of their lungs, like Hawks fans did uh, for Josh Smith anywhere outside 15 feet for the last like five years of his contract. But I, I, I think this kind of what the point that you make too connect, connects back to what you originally said, which was about his pace. You know, I think he's just not a guy who's going to get into those goal scoring positions where you would have a high XG because he just doesn't, that's not his game to make those right. runs in behind. It was something that Frank DeBoer has talked about all season about having those runners, you know, like having the guy who will run beyond the, the defense to try to receive a pass. And Pitti's just, that's just not his game. He wants to make the yeah. pass, He's not, which is fine. You know, like you don't want, you know, you don't, you don't have to do that, but you know, it just, when, when you're not, when you can't be the guy to do that, that means you need somebody else to fill that role. And right. in, in, with a lot of great players, they don't need somebody else to kind of, you know, do something for them. They can, they can, they have a, enough of an all around game to kind of be able to drive the team forward. Yeah. And, and that's where the pieces didn't fit together. We talked about the people who are out with, uh, with, with of course, Joseph and Barco and Tito. You don't have those guys. And so if PD is the only one that's kind of tasked with that, um, him and essentially just Brandon Vasquez, um, you know, if, if they're going to miss a couple chances and not mm-hmm. be able to get in behind, then it's, it's not going to work effectively at all. Um, and and, and Pitti did make some good passes. Like, he, it wasn't oh, all yeah, bad no, from him, you know? Um, Especially and I think, pieces. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. That I, And I think that that's just kind of where, some, like, I don't know, some of the overreaction comes from. Is like, I mean, we're criticizing him, but, you know, it's not to say that he was just totally bad. It's just, you know, he's the most important player for this team. So we need to kind of take a close look at some of the faults that yeah. are appearing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like he can still do well. And I think he did. In fact, when uh, at training today, Frank was like, yeah, I, I thought he was fine in attack. I just want to see more of him in defense off the ball. Absolutely. And it's something that Josh Bagrianski has been harping on mm-hmm. um, pretty heavily the last, the last couple of days. Anyway, um, Josh from, from Mott's and, of course, I uh, had an article on DSS, too, um, just about his inability to, to get back and, and defend as a winger um, or even just contribute in defense, not necessarily defend, of course, but yeah, 
contribute in some way. Um, which which kind of leads me to the, I, this question that, that I've been thinking about since we've been talking, Joe, is that um, is, does he need to be anywhere near the wing for the rest of the year? It doesn't feel well, like it, I, I mean, old, I think, but it, like, no, it doesn't I, like, feel like it. So I think that he should be listed as like a right winger, but he's not a winger. Right. You know, he'll be playing centrally. Uh, Franco Escobar is really the winger, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you want him kind of, yeah, being in the central spot, cutting in, able to make those passes, you know, those passes through the lines. Whether you want to call that a winger or not, you know, yeah, not the, whoever, the individual. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I guess it does kind of think like, um, you think that, you know, the person behind him Wednesday night was, was Parkhurst. You know, and Parkhurst is not yeah. going to get up and down nearly the same way that, that Franco or even Breck will. Yeah. I thought Breck was, Breck probably had his best, maybe his best game. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Breck was, Bre- yeah. I thought um, Breck was probably the Atlanta's best player of the game. Yeah. I named the man of the match somewhat, oh, did yeah, somewhat yeah. ironically, uh, but <laughs> also like there was some truth to it. There was some well, truth to it for yeah. sure. Especially I did the, due to the, uh, the incredible, incredible play where he fell over. In front of the ball, that was, a, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> it looked like one of those, like you know, how at the end of, of underdog sports movies about children, they use like ragtag ways to to win the game because yeah. they're underdogs and they need those kind of things. The it felt like of Puerto Rico. Uh, the, it felt like the annexation of Puerto Rico. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That wreck just none? like yeah. Breck just yelled at annexation and fell over, and like the rest of the team was like, "Yeah, we practiced that. We practiced that." Yeah. <laughs> no, so, I thought it was telling. I, I tallied up the uh, community ratings for our post this morning, and the man of the match winner received a whopping six point four four. Jeez. Yeah, it was Julian. <laughs> Golly, Julian can't do any wrong if but. Uh... Man, that's that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, but this also I saw where I looked at this wonderful post that you did, Joe Patrick, and PT had a four. Yeah, four, and he did convert one penalty, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to one of the central themes this year with our new people, especially, which is essentially PR. This has been fascinating again and again from a. a public relations standpoint with this fan base that is still despite already winning a trophy instead of 10's records is still finding its footing and its real culture um, especially in a world that's dominated by SEC football culture in a lot of ways and you see a lot of mix with that uh, with along with people who are transplants from areas that aren't the same way it's, it's a weird concoction right mm-hmm. now it's still trying to sort itself out um, but you do get crazy from all sides on that, right? So like yeah. when people mess up, it is it is a big deal because people are, are ready for the hot takes. People are ready for the pitchforks because they've been conditioned uh, through one medium or another to, to do this either with like an offensive coordinator or uh, the Mets manager or wherever they're from, right? Like it's all these different kind of hot takes coming together. So mm-hmm. when you have someone like Petey who's been – below par been below where we think the standards are for $15 million player. And they have a mess up that is so prevalent, that is so readily remembered in mm-hmm. the minds of anyone who watched that game. Um, then it's really, really going to hurt 
the perceptions of him. And, you know, you wonder, Chris Bruton's our sports psychologist at, um, at Dirty South Soccer, like for real. Doctor, he, he actually does that, yeah. <laughs> right. he's talk, he was talking today a bit about how a positive, positivity can affect outcomes for players, you know, and it's, yeah. it's interesting to think about how um, the perceptions of fans kind of influence that. And it's not to say PD's going to go off the rails or anything like that, but uh, at the same time, it's you, you think they hear it, you know, you think you hear the, the voices of the fans and things like that. And mm-hmm. You wonder if it makes it an even more, I know it, make, it definitely makes it an even more difficult transition when you're having large scale PR blunders, like skying a penalty in the 96 minute. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why it's going to be really interesting to watch him tomorrow in the game or Saturday, whenever you're listening to this, um, just to kind of see how he responds. Like, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if he comes out like really covering a lot more ground and like, you know, really kind of putting himself about a little bit more, try to, you know, maybe or or, or just something that's kind of a, like a little bit out of the ordinary that kind of shows that like, OK, yeah, like he, he, he knows he needs to kind of make this right for himself personally, you know, like just to kind of have some sort of redemptive moment uh, in this game. If he's kind of, you wonder if he might feel desperate for something like that. So it'll be interesting, I think, to kind of see how he plays. Um, I think one of the other interesting things, I, I just kind of veering away from the game a little bit, uh, just kind of transitioning into some points, but we can reference the game if you, if you want is kind of what we, um, been seeing out of Brandon Vasquez and Absolutely. and kind of and and Romario Williams obviously plays plays a role in this conversation, um, especially <laughs> for now. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Romario was the backup striker for a long time. You know, going back to last year, Tata almost, almost by default, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, Tata played Brandon Vasquez as a winger, so that was that kind of made Romario the backup striker. And then, but Romario's been there this year, but that's mainly because Brandon Vasquez has been hurt a lot. So maybe he, maybe Vasquez has always kind of been on, in a higher level than he ever was under Tata, as far as being a striker is concerned. Um, but that is clear now that uh, that he will be the backup striker because Romario Williams is getting traded uh which was uh, this is a really funny story uh i I need to tell from training this morning speaking of pr um so doug when we were out watching and b-roll doug was like hey you notice anyone who's not out here and i was like yeah lgp and he was like yeah you're right that's not who i was thinking about who else isn't out here and i was like mikey ambrose and he was like yeah him too but that's not who i'm thinking of who else isn't out here and i was like i don't know and he goes, Romario Williams. And so um, so he, he thought it was curious that Romario wasn't out there. And when we get to the scrum, he asks why Romario wasn't out there. And uh, Frank, I guess, hadn't been briefed on how to, like, handle this issue. Like, if this question came up, because Frank, uh, Frank takes the question and, and turns to Chris Winkler, the communications manager, and goes, can we tell them yet? <laughs> and uh and and chris went red and and then i think like someone was like yeah it'll be out it'll be i think chris was like uh, it'll probably be official uh soon maybe later this afternoon but uh yeah and that's when they kind of announced that he was being traded they didn't say who it was to but the reports are out now that he's going to looks like he's going to columbus that's per uh paul tenorio so but kind of a funny moment there it's not the first time that's happened where well, one that Frank has kind of slips us some transfer news in a scrum, and that, but also just the <laughs> the way the when he has a very 
Yeah. Um, well, funny re- interaction with Chris. That is amazing. Um, I guess we didn't consider this. It, it is. Um, we don't know what the actual parameters of the trade are, but is it possible it's to make room for the other reported signing, Emerson Heine? I believe I say it. Um, uh, potentially, yeah. Potentially, uh, the, yeah. From so what? From what I've heard, the, again, the trade is not official yet, but I've heard that Atlanta's not really. It's not really much about what they're getting back from this. They kind of just need to right. clear a roster spot, and Columbus is willing to take him on. So take on yeah. Romario. So I don't. I uh, you know, that's not confirmed or anything. Obviously, we'll see what we end up getting in return. But I don't think that that whatever we <laughs> well, whatever we get in return is not really needed. What we need is the empty roster spot. I, th- I think the return is just a mirror. It's kind of a yeah. weird, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, extended trade that's yeah. going on over, over a long period of time. Uh, but I think but, if, if, I don't want anyone to be upset about that. And I think that people probably will be upset about that, like thinking we should get more from Mario Williams. But I mean, to be honest, you know, love the guy, but he's not proven himself to really be anything but a USL level striker. Um, he, he is a very, I will say he's a very well liked dude in the clubhouse. Totally. He likes he messes yeah. people a lot. Um, he's, uh, I said the clubhouse, like it's the Atlanta area baseball <laughs> in the, in the right. locker room. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, there are plenty of spot people who can make up for that on, on the roster. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of a bummer to see him go. I, I really thought, um, I could lead the hype train for him coming out of Charleston, uh, because he, he did do, he looked good well in Charleston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, obviously, that's not going to translate every time yeah. to, to MLS success, especially in limited minutes. And uh, I wish the guy the best, and hopefully, he finds a spot uh, getting regular time with with Columbus. He deserves it. He's a good dude. Yeah, but uh, but Brandon Vasquez, Atlanta United's n- newest gamer. Apparently, I think he just he, he didn't he just uh, launch a gaming channel on YouTube. Oh, he's probably got he like did. a Twitch channel. Yeah, or maybe it's a Twitch. Yeah, very. I he's already been, I think he's already but, been banned uh, yeah. from YouTube. <laughs> amazing well every gen z has to get banned from youtube once or yeah. you know it doesn't, doesn't count yeah. um I, I wrote about this a little bit in the recap and i started writing it before he kind of shanked to really <laughs> <laughs> um which i pointed out in the same recap um because journalism is hard uh but yeah, add an amendment an, an amendment yeah that, that's essentially what it became um but you know after after the uh, Open Cup game, this, the first one this month, um, I kind of giggled to myself because I thought people were really just talking themselves into Brandon Vasquez. Um, oh, excuse me, the Charleston game. Uh, really just yeah. talking themselves into Brandon Vasquez because he happened to score like one goal. Right. Late, and then one like, of the 90th, oh, he scored one at like literally at the last, last kick of the ball. And then, it's, then the, the story just comes, oh, scored a brace. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, Brandon Vasquez is the next big thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had friends um, asking me about, like, how good I thought he was and everything like that. And, you know, my my assessment of him was largely from Tata's time playing him as a winger, where he looked slow and lethargic and, and not effective. Um, but then, of course, you know, he goes out and does what he does against Columbus and then comes out against Toronto, against a, a good Toronto team, and um, really just looks effective, really looks like he's moving well. Um, is getting into positions for chances, even though he's maybe not finishing uh, the way he probably could and should. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he creating chances on his own, running into spots. Um, there were multiple yeah. times where Brandon yeah. had a chance to make an impact. And it's the first time we've really had 
uh, second choice striker um, mm-hmm. since Kenwin Jones died. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so crazy. That to me, that's the biggest difference between him and Mar- Romario is just his that movement you were just talking yeah. about. And it's not necessarily like speed, but it. I mean, maybe part of it is, but it's just like you know that just like that innate feeling of like where to be and where yeah. the ball might end up being and how to be able to kind of distance yourself from a defender. I think he just has a better feel for it than Romario. It's like a it's like a basketball player who they always like they do use the buzzword. He gets good separation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is that. This is that in soccer form. Hey, space. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's getting away from defenders and whatever means you can use to do that. He's doing a good job of it right now. And as long as you're continuing to get chances, um, that's huge as as a yeah. guy coming off the bench or a guy that can spell Joseph. And um, I even I even think Romario. Sorry, I, I even think Romario might even be like, you know, a better quote unquote finisher. Like, I, I think may, he might be able to, you know, he might be more accurate, like hit, hitting the tar- hitting the bottom corner more often than a guy like Brandon Vazquez. But I think just like with what Vazquez brings to the table, he's going to end up getting more chances to score. And I think you'll take the more chances over maybe a little bit more precision and less chances because he's a backup striker and his precision is still, it's not like he's Leo Messi or anything like that, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, he's also young. Brandon Vasquez yeah. is only 20 years old. That's true. Um, that, that, man, that is easy to forget that he's that young. Which is, uh, crazy, you know, and he may, he may be a, a piece of this team for a long while. Um, yeah. They, you know, decide to hold on to him and can you develop him? Um, and they're and also I- maybe less young people to, to really compete for spots for uh, reasons, <sighs> for reasons, Joe Patrick. Yeah. Um, man, should we, uh, should we, should we venture forth into this? Brandon Vasquez, the, uh, great, Brandon Vasquez great is one of my low key favorite players on this team now because of what he's fought through, like kind of like the adversity he's gone through. And it's kind of the exact, I feel the exact opposite way about Andrew Carlton, who used to be, I, you know, not that I, I don't want to say like, I don't root for the kid to do well. Of course I do, but getting a lot harder to do that getting a lot harder to do that um i I completely agree like i i kid you not i was in the middle of of writing a in defense of andrew carlton (laughs) this week before a couple things happened that i had to go control a delete right um it's just getting so hard to, to to stand up for him um you know, we, we have a thing earlier in the week where he likes a tweet and we can talk about the value of <laughs> judging someone's character on liking a tweet, but right. uh, that's whatever. But we, uh, it's very fair to say that you are a public figure as a member of the team and you have to be aware that certain things on social media are going to show up. And if they don't stay in line with, with the values they should, then, uh, you know, you're going to get roasted for that, and deservedly so. And, and Andrew had that happen to him earlier in the week. And then, of course, we have uh, our little experience at Hartsfield-Jackson, which, uh, Joe, how much do you want to illuminate on this? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I don't want to really say anything else other than what's been public or publicly reported by Doug Roberson. Um, and I, I, should, I want to take this time to do a little bit of a mea culpa um, because when it originally came out, I wrote that, and I, I, I may have tweeted, but I definitely wrote in my postgame column that I was surprised that the team would have just would have told Doug this information. And the reason I said that is because when Doug 
sent this information out. It was right when the starting lineups came out. And so I've been in this situation before where there's been a late scratch and you're told information from the team, you know, right around that time. So that's why I assumed he had got it from them, but he got in touch with me and said that um, that was not the case. Um, So just wanted to clear that up for the record for everybody, because I'm sure people read that and got the wrong impression. Can Still, we say how it did come out? Because I don't know this yet. He just told me he didn't want to divulge the source that told him. But okay. um, so that's fine. Uh, and I, yeah, I still don't know who it is. I think I know who it is, but I, I don't know. But I don't know. So um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So just Pablo knew months. He didn't ago. have his passport. He didn't have his passport with him, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that happens. Well, yeah. now I now I do yeah. having. <laughs> yeah no we do um i will say i guess i'll I'll say this he didn't forget it (laughs) okay that's yeah because i think there's a difference between i think there's a difference between like oh shit i forgot to put it in my backpack and just not having it so i'm gonna leave it at that because i I, that's the only reason it was because it wasn't like he just left it at home or something. He would, if, if that were the case, he would have had like, you know, a friend or a family member just like drive to the airport with it or something. And he could have caught a later flight or something, you know? So that's not the reason. So uh, anyway, very unfortunate for him that he, you know, now he's, he's playing tonight. In fact, you know what? He's probably playing right now as we're, as we're speaking. Yeah. Um, um, FTB did say today, and I think you were at this scrum, so I don't think I have to credit anybody, question mark. You were at training today, right? I was there today, yeah. Okay, yeah, and they said something to the effect of just um, what you would expect. He's going to be down in USL for a little bit, just earning playing time and earning his way back, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm not sure how much that means at this point. I mean, he was he was pretty direct. Uh, By the way, that game is a nil-nil in the 56th minute. Let me see if he's starting. No, he's not in the starting lineup. He's on the bench. And he probably won't play, I would imagine. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, like I, mean, they, I like that they sent him to Loudon as a punishment. Like, here, go hang out in the <laughs> widest, most <laughs> awful part of Washington. Here you go. It's um, like sending him to the gulag. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> essentially, but with, like, bland, milk-toast people. <laughs> Shout out to... My cousin's out in Loudon, who I love dearly. This is not directed at you. Um, uh, anyway, anyway um, yeah, I mean, he was just he was, he was direct. He was like, I think he said, like, this is a perfect example <laughs> of what I've been talking about. <laughs> it's just like him making that like arms out, like um, LeBron to J.R. Smith motion yeah. slash meme. Like, do you guys see now? Do you see? Look at it. I'm just gonna read off the quote. Uh, from, from FDB, like the whole thing in its entirety. So give me a second. He said, uh, uh, it's why he's not with the first team right now. He's joining the USL team right now. I have no worries about his quality, but more the professional side. This is a great example, of course. You have a responsibility for yourself, but especially for your teammates in the club itself. That you didn't that you didn't show, there are consequences for that. Again, we're broken English a little bit here. But the first consequence is that he's not playing with the team, uh, or that he's not with the first team, and he's traveling to USL to play tonight. I think you always have to show forgiveness, and he has to show that he's improving in that. Until then, he's with the USL team. He has to understand that this is not acceptable. Those kinds of things you have influence on, and he doesn't understand right now that 
that's something else he has to learn and take that responsibility. Sometimes you have to learn it the hard way. Hopefully he understands. So, oh, and then let me also read, let me, let me read what Michael Parker said too. Cause I find yeah, this, this is great. I love this. Uh, he said, I see how it's possible. This is referring to not having his passport. It's almost happened to me. That being said, myself and other guys have had conversations with Andy and all the younger guys, making sure they understand that time goes quick. We all want the best for Andy. We hope that he makes the best of his opportunities and doesn't take them for granted because you never know when that last one comes. Hopefully it doesn't come for Andy. Hopefully he plays another 15, 20 years, but the reality is some guys don't. So hopefully lessons are learned along the way because among that first group of homegrowns, we need guys to understand the reality and step up and take advantage of opportunities. Ooh, that is a quote. Yeah, that's a heck of a thing. Yeah. Uh, he does. He does mention the group, right? Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought was interesting. Chris Goslin and, and Lagos, and mm-hmm. you know all those guys that mm-hmm. are a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. Just maybe haven't progressed the way we've been hoping. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think. I I don't know if you were really paying much attention to the the like three years ago, the U-17 World Cup that Carlton and Goslin were in, where they were just so they good. Both of those guys. Absolutely. Um, and and then I think that same year, or maybe the year later, Lagos played in the U-20 World Cup, and he made an appearance. He may have scored a goal. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, I think he did score. Anyway, just sad that those guys haven't kind of, you know, fulfilled what, so many people would expect of them and it's hard, you know, I understand. Well, I don't understand, but I can imagine <laughs> that the pressure is right. very intense. Which um, um, you kind of wonder, like <laughs> we were talking about this before um, you have all of Atlanta in front of you when you are a, a kid like that with, um, you know, a lot of money coming your way and mm-hmm. necessarily have to be living with your parents. Like I, I feel like, uh, you know, the the one thing from keeping me doing a lot of really, really dumb things in college was my lack of money. <laughs> right? So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you put that you put that on these kids all of a sudden and it's like, oh, I can I have this. I can do anything. Yeah. And I'm also invincible because I'm 17. Yeah. And oh also, look, Buckhead, shiny cars and yeah. um, shiny people and all sorts of things to get into. Um can I get, I don't want to get, this is going to get a little bit into the ether, a little bit uh, of all this, um, the kind of uh, flowery sort of essence of it all, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, speaks to the human condition and things like that. I don't want to, you know, um, dumb sports writer, writery things that I find important and I find meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the, cru- uh, the I said I've said crux like eighteen times in this Dan episode. Um, the the central theme of of the piece I was writing was this idea of expectations and, and living up to them and the reasons uh, the reasons people do that. Right? Like mm-hmm. there's this kind of central thought that Andrew has to like he has to meet this level of success he has to do these he has to be an all he has to be an u.s men's national team player right exactly he has to be the the next big atlanta united thing Mm -hmm. um and the 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 yeah uh, we need to make a profit on him you know like we need to make a financial (laughs) profit yeah right and the people who have put that level of expectations on him are not andrew carlton yeah it's us 
right? Um, what is his responsibility to us? Uh, I'm not really sure, right? I'm not sure we can determine what uh, what level he has to reach and what we say he has to reach um, because I'm not sure that's that's fair to anyone. Um, you know, like there's also this idea that you have to live up to responsibility of the self, right? Like you have these gifts, mm-hmm. you have these opportunities. And I think people get frustrated by seeing people who have talent and who have these opportunities, quotation marks, wasted, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just not use it to, to reach the best of their ability. Um, but there's kind of this idea that like, why? Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to do it except for the fact that, you know, some frat bros in Atlanta, New Jersey say you have to. Right. Um, you know, so, so to that extent, I, I don't necessarily fault Andrew. I, I can get why it's frustrating uh, for people. Um, but as far as from like a development level, like he didn't owe us anything to, to some extent, right? I agree. This is is a larger, larger concept. Totally. It's a a very, it's a complex thing to talk about and it's very nuanced. And I, I totally agree with that. And I, and I also, and I think that it gets confused or it gets conflated with the fact that he's on a pro contract, you know, and, and that, and that, and that since he's on a pro contract and he's getting paid as a professional, you know, he needs to do these things. And I think to an extent, to an extent, he does. And I think that it kind of goes back to what Frank DeBoer was talking about in terms of when you sign that pro contract, you have responsibilities both to yourself and to the team. The team is counting on you. You know, when this team went to Toronto, they went with 18 players. He was going to be in the match day squad. And then they were short a player because he didn't hold up his personal end of the bargain, you know, and that's unprofessional. And that's, you know, that's not what it's not just not what you want to see, but you do feel like you have a responsibility to uphold certain standards um, in your profession. Um, But I think that that's kind of, it is a little, but it's kind of a different, it's, it goes along with what you're saying, but it is different. Yeah. Uh, Because like when he got the contract, the reason he got the contract was because he was worthy of it on the, on the market, you know, like on, in, in this market, he would, you know, kind of capitalistic way to look at it, but it's like, you know, he earned that he earned his contract, you know, it's not being given to him for no reason. Um, It's just, and then kind of, I guess what you're talking about is kind of more along the lines of like his potential down the road. And this is kind of more immediate, but um, yeah, it's um, I feel really, I feel torn when I go on Twitter or Reddit or whatever. And I see just, just, I, 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 what I see, I think, man, I hope to God that Andrew Carlton didn't see this message, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Seriously. Like, or, I'm, or I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, I feel no, like, like totally. I feel like some yeah. of the things would cause you, like, to, like, potentially, like, hurt yourself if you weren't stable enough to, you know, do otherwise. Like, it's, like, really bad. Yeah. And he's a, you know, and he's a kid. So, and I, and again, I understand, like, it's, he's a professional. And when you sign that right. contract, that's part of the deal is that you kind of open yourself up to that criticism and that, you know, you make yourself more vulnerable in a way, but it's just tough. Let's talk about for a moment, the circumstances under which Andrew signed that contract, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He's 15, 16, maybe he was 14 at the time. Good Lord. It was forever ago. Scrawny little kid. Um, 
going to the varsity for a team that didn't have a name yet. He had like the spike gelled hair. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, um, and he had no idea what this was going to become. Um, and at 16, you don't have any idea of what the expectations of a, of a fan base are going to be, um, especially with something so volatile and so new mm-hmm. as what Atlanta United was. Um, you know, you don't know what the expectations are going to be. And sometimes you can, you can temper your reactions to things if you know what the expectation level is, what people are expecting of you all that kind of thing. But, but he, there's no way to know. There's no way to know that at 16. There was no way for anyone right. to know right. at that point. And so he gets to it. You're not fully and, developed, not even really close that close. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know, he signed it, I'm sure because he loves soccer and loves to play and everything like that. Um, but there's a part of me that feels like in another life, Andrew was just like a crunchy church kid. Uh, who was just going on like mission trips and stuff like that and wearing Chacos and then, you know, going to rap concerts in his spare time <laughs> and just hanging out and, and doing normal things that, uh, you know, you don't really get as a homeschooled soccer prodigy. Right. right? Um, right. And that's, that's not a comment at all on, on homeschooled people or the, the, the homeschooling of the Carlton family, who, from my understanding, is a great family um, who obviously has very successful, you know, um, it has been, you know, a quality family throughout this. Um, yeah. Uh, w- yeah, which we got to see when the team did a huge profile on him on ABC on like their 30 minute segment or hour segment or whatever, when they like unveiled the training ground and were like showcasing everything about the club when it was brand new. Yeah. And they did this big feature with Andrew Carlton. And it's like, you know, he's freaking 16 or 17 years old like when i was 16 or 17 years old i was like sneaking out of my house at night to go roll houses and like do bad stuff and (laughs) um so yeah i I, like part of me feels bad i feel like he's kind of like he's the dansby swanson of atlanta united where he's kind of he's been the the I, billboard like like kind of like the overexposure too early and i feel right. like um, I think maybe a closer comparison is frank Gore, honestly oh yeah there's a good one yeah. there's, um, and i'm just trying anyway, to say i, I feel like i feel like almost he was exploited a bit as a as kind of like this symbol of what this club is going to be on the line and that's then you know he was a very good player i'm not saying that like he didn't he got signed and he didn't deserve it or anything but i just wonder if he would have been kind of rushed along in the same way, if the circumstances were different and this wasn't a brand new club still trying to figure things out, you know? So, yeah. And, and we're not blameless, of course, you know, we, we wrote things and we yeah. said things that are like, you know, this guy's, this guy is the next. And when yeah, you're the next, sure. you, you have uh, a pressure externally to, to be the next when maybe your internal, your internal responsibility isn't there. It, and we don't get to determine internal responsibility for folks as much as we want to. Right. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's not how life works. That's not where, um, where, Oh God, we're getting so far into where happiness comes from. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we don't get to determine how you're supposed to be happy. Right. Um, right. We don't get to determine that Andrew's path is to be, an MLS MVP, then go to Europe and dominate a, and do great, great things. Um, if that's not what his path is and what he wants, if he just wants to 
mess around in Buckhead for a little bit and just have fun with the with the opportunity he's earned. He's earned in this moment. Then, fine, fine. Uh, you know, and if he does that, he may not earn. You know, if he if he does that stuff, he may not earn the same opportunity he's earned now. You know, but but it's his choice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Parker's talking about you know taking it for granted and stuff like that. And of course, there are there are tons of people who would kill for for what Andrew has, but that doesn't mean that uh, you know Andrew has this huge responsibility to live up to it. Um, which is, again, this is hard to reckon with. Like we want to see talented people do well. We want to see people from our locations and our way of life do well, right? Like kids from Powder Springs. We all know people from Powder Springs. Like some of us are from Powder Springs. So to see someone with Powder Springs by their name in the lineup, you know, adds a whole another thing because we have that connection to, we have that sense of place with him as a person with this team uh, and you kind of pair those together and it just, it doubles the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the level of, of pressure. Um, He's had know. the same dessert shooters from the app, from the powder Springs Applebee's that we have. <laughs> exactly. 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 Uh, half price apps. I powder feel like this conversation has gone. Like we've had the talk with the parents <laughs> and it's like now, now it's getting to that point where it's kind of towards the end and it's like turning very uh, sappy and, Feel like we're about to have a group hug here. We are about to have a group hug. We're, we're going to give Andrew an external group hug and just really hope that he feels it from far, far away. Uh, but also recognize that uh, his yeah. time in Atlanta is probably limited, <laughs> <laughs> and that may be for the best for him from a professional standpoint. If this is what he wants to to really do and wants to continue doing, yeah, um, yeah, I think that I've, I've said that for a long time. Actually, you um, have, you have. And I, I slightly disagree with that, but now I, I'm starting to see that. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't mean to say it to like brag, but I, I just feel like <laughs> it, it's it's frustrating because as a United fan or whatever, you want to see him do well for the home team, but I just think it's just not going to work out that way. And that's just how it's going to be. And whatever. That's okay. Don't tweet at him. Don't tweet at recruits. Yeah. All that kind of thing. Hopefully he brings his passport next time. Oh man! All right. Anything else we want to talk about? Um, we should beat Montreal by like eighty, right? I don't know. Uh, we we still are going to be missing all those guys. I think it's going to be really sloppy, ugly. Yeah, which will be again great for Montreal. Will just well, Montreal will make it from so ugly. Point. Yeah. No, I think yeah. last time when we when they played at Mercedes Benz last year, uh, we actually ended up beating them. But that was the game where we thought somebody had sent been sent off, and I like asked Tata Martino at the game and how he thought his team played after a man was sent off. <laughs> That's the one where I tweeted it and like didn't look at the replies for afterward. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Are you high?" Even Rob Usher was like, "What drugs did you take, Sam?" It's hard when you don't have the TV announcers. All right. Exactly. Exactly. We we could anyway. have checked with literally anyone next to us, but you know, I remember they really parked the bus, and so I just wouldn't be surprised if they yeah. did it again. This was the this was the game where they ran wind sprints, like they had just lost the um, the, <laughs> the little league championship after the game, right? Like <laughs> amazing. That coach is no longer with the team. Okay. Um. Cool. Anything yeah. else? No, uh, I think that's it. Cool. We went long today. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's been a month. We had a lot of hour. Nice. Wow. It's been a long time. It's yeah. been a long time. Hopefully, y'all made it to the uh, Andrew Carlton discussion. I had fun. I hope you had fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, be on the lookout for, for, uh, for personal stuff. Be on the lookout for uh, the new 
post game show version thing we're doing. Um, remember to follow Joe Patrick at J Patrick two hundred. Remember to follow me at J underscore Sam Jones and at Dirty South Sock S O C. Um, also remember to check out at Five Stripe Final for other dumb tweets and updates about the show as well. Go to the Dirty South Soccer YouTube page and of course check out Dirty South Soccer for all your Atlanta United and Southern Soccer needs, uh, including like. Tormenta FC. Shout out Jackson Popkin. He does a great job with all our yes. Tormenta yeah, content. he does. Um, he's coming for our jobs. Uh, we shouldn't trust that yet. I don't know why we're giving him a platform when he's clearly coming <laughs> for our jobs. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Um, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's going to be it. Phillies are losing to the to the Marlins again. Cool. And Braves are three one still. Uh, yep. Go baseball. Go Atlanta area baseball team. Go Austin baseball. Riley hit a home run. Austin Riley is not Andrew Carlton. All right. All right, let's, let's go. Bye, y'all. Go, go baseball. <laughs> Don't look back into the sun. Now you know that the time has come. And they said it would never come for you. Uh-uh.